94.5 ESPN is WKTI and WKTI HD. Milwaukee. Four, please. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the six o'clock pairing. On the tee, from River West, please welcome Gabe Neitzel. Also on the tee, from the third ward, this is Stephen Watson. It's Monday evening, and you're on the tee. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Now to take you around the course. Live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All Studios at Radio City. Alongside Stephen Watson, here's Gabe Neitzel. Beautiful day for golf. I hope you had an opportunity to get out yesterday, maybe today if you were playing hooky. I am actually not in the One Call That's All Gruber Law Office's studios. That's where Stephen Watson is. I am actually on the road up at Trapper's Turn, where I just participated in a WPGA Pro-Am with our friends from X-Golf. More on that in just a little bit. But it is PGA Week. We are excited for the second major of the year. And to help us break down that major and a golf course that has hosted some majors, we're going to have a special guest as we take a look at some of the great golf courses around the state of Wisconsin, thanks to Waste Management. Fescue, hole placement, dog legs, hazards. What don't you want to know about Wisconsin's variety of golf courses? It's time for On the Tee to give you a course review. Brought to you by Waste Management, a company that values inclusion and diversity, safety, our customers, and the environment. Join the WM family and visit careers.wm.com. Proud to be joined by Mike O'Reilly. He is the golf operations manager for Kohler. About to oversee his fifth major championship at the 2020 Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits. More on that in just a little bit. Mike, thank you so much for the time. Are you excited for the the PGA Championship coming up this weekend down at Kiwa Island? Yeah, certainly. Uh, PGA Championships, uh, you know, as you mentioned, one of the four majors. It's a huge event on the PGA Tour, and it's at a great golf course this week. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be a great week for him. Mike, I think that you have one of the best stories when it comes to PGA Championship week. You're the head pro up at Kohler, so Whistling Straits has hosted a number of these events, but you yourself have found yourself playing in the PGA Championship. For our listeners that might not be familiar with your story, walk us through how you had an opportunity to play in two of these, 2004 and 2015. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty exciting. You know, both very memorable days for me, obviously. Um, but it was both a marker, you know, marker situation where after they uh, make the cut, if there's an odd number of players, um, you know, the, the single, you know, whoever's the, kind of the odd man out, the gentleman or individual in last place has the opportunity to play alone or they can play with someone to kind of keep pace um, and not play so quickly out there. So on uh, both cases, I had the opportunity to be uh, that individual. So a um, lot of fun, you know, just uh, obviously I know the course very well, um, but it's set up a little bit differently, a little more difficult. So um, just a ton of fun being out there, you know, had a uh, friend as a caddy and, you know, just en- enjoyed the walk. So like what time during the day did you find out that you were going to be playing? Because I imagine that you didn't give, you weren't given much of a heads up that you were going to be going out on the course to play in the PGA Championship. Um, yeah, in both my cases, I did not. So you know, a lot of times the you know the cut is made on Friday night, um, and they know it's an odd number, so they'll find a marker, and that you know the individual would probably know the night before. 
Um, you know, in 2015, uh, we, have, we had a big storm on Friday, uh, so there was a delay. I don't know if you remember, but the cut was actually made Saturday morning. Uh, so we really didn't know until probably about 10 o'clock, and then I teed off probably, you know, 45 minutes later. So um, it was it was pretty quick, you know, pretty quick turnaround to to have that, grab a caddy, get my clubs, get my shoes on, hit a few balls, and, and get up to the tee. Talking with Mike O'Reilly, he is the golf operations manager for Kohler and, of course, is going to be seeing overseeing the Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits coming up later this fall. So you've had the opportunity to play in a couple of these. Obviously, you've been around for a number of them up at uh, the PGA Championship that is up at Whistling Straits. This is a question we're going to ask our fans, Mike. To you, what does what what is the PGA Championship? What does it stand for? Because it's, it's one I think gets lost in the shuffle from time to time. Masters has all the tradition and everything that goes into Augusta National. The U.S. Open is the toughest test in golf, the British Open, being a completely different style of golf with links. Do you think that there is an identity for the PGA Championship? Yeah, I do. Um, absolutely. You know, one of the, the individuals, you know, the team at the PGA of America is fantastic, but one of the individuals that has been, you know, the leader of their championship for many, many years is Kerry Haig. Um, and he does an amazing job setting up a golf course for the players. And if you ask any of the players on tour um, about that, he sets it up to be a very difficult yet fair test. Uh, so the players themselves love playing and competing uh, in the PGA Championship. They don't share the frustrations of maybe, you know, that, that maybe a U.S. Open um, has had over the years. Um, you know, hopefully the U.S. Open is bringing it back a little bit, and I, I know they certainly have had some feedback on that. Um, but, you know, it's about the players. It has, you know, usually most of the top 100 players in the world. So it has one of the strongest fields in all of golf. Um, and then unique opportunity for, you know, a person like myself, not the way that I played in it as a marker, but there's 20 PGA professionals uh, that get an opportunity to, to qualify and compete um, in the PGA Championship. So that makes it, you know, special for uh, the game of golf, you know, for, for the club pros who are, out there grinding day in, day out, um, and growing the game, they get an opportunity to compete with the best players in the world. And Mike, I would imagine that the setup at Kiowa is kind of similar to Whistling Straits. They're very similar courses, both right on the water, courses that are made to have the wind blowing. I mean, this this might be a U.S. Open type of course come this weekend if you get to 25-mile-an-hour winds. What are you most looking forward to when the I think 99 of the top 100 players in the world are playing this weekend? What are you looking forward to most? Yeah, I mean, Kiowa, is, it's a beautiful golf course. I've, I've played it a few times, uh, been down there and, you know, really enjoy the golf course. It can be very difficult, um, you know, depending upon how Kerry sets it up. Like I mentioned before, uh, the team at the PGA of America typically doesn't, they don't want to make it as, you know, as hard as it possibly could be. But um, like whistling straights, uh, the wind can play, you know, a huge factor. You know, you can have, um, you know, a 25-mile-an-hour wind coming out of one direction the next day. It could be a different direction, or there could be, you know, very little wind, and then it's a little more gettable. So, um, you know, beautiful golf course. It's going to show great on TV. Um, you know, and like I said, I, I think they're going to set it up in a way that these players can, you know, make some birdies, but they're, you know, they're still going to be challenged. Let's talk about your course a little bit as we talk with Mike O'Reilly, the golf operations manager at Kohler. Let's talk about Whistling Straits. What kind of condition is it in? Are you guys doing anything special with the course this year with um, with the PGA Championship, or excuse me, with the, uh, the Ryder Cup coming up uh, later this fall? Yeah, I think, you know, 
<clears throat> certainly blessed uh, coming out of the winter. I think, you know, most of the courses, if you asked around the state, um, came through the winter very, very well. Um, we had a little bit of an early spring, so that helped us. So we're in really good shape right now. Um, you know, being mid-May, I'd say we're, you know, two, three weeks ahead of a, a normal year, and that's probably the same way across uh, the state of Wisconsin. Um, Captain Stricker, you know, has been here already this year. He was here, obviously, last year. Um a couple times uh, he's made a few small changes to the golf course but nothing major you know he really likes the golf course he likes the way uh, it's set up for the Ryder Cup so just a few you know small changes here and there nothing uh, too major um, so we're working on, on those um, the golf course is going to be great long, you know, all year long we're going to be open for you know several months prior to the Ryder Cup and uh, so we'll be playing golf and preparing for the Ryder Cup at the same time um, you know, it really feels like a championship year. You know, it's been a long year for, for everyone and, and, you know, all across the world and all different, you know, industries. And, um, you know, but last year we were, you know, a lot of uncertainty going into preparing for the Ryder Cup. And this year, you know, truly feels like a championship year. So it's, it's very exciting up here. Hey, Mike, I think one of the most fascinating things that you had mentioned in there talking about the Ryder Cup is the fact that Steve Stricker does get to set up his own course. Um, Like, are you walking out there with Steve? Like, what is the team that's out on the course trying to figure out the best way to try and make this the best fit for the team that he's eventually going to pick? Yeah, I think, you know, that's a obviously unique thing of, of the Ryder Cup, right, is is the, you know, home team. You know, the home course advantage really comes down to the fans um, is huge um, and also comes down to the ability to set up the golf course to favor your team. And we saw that in France a few years ago. Um, you know, they did a lot of analysis on, on the American team and, you know, what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, and let's, you know, they wanted to play to our weaknesses. Um, you know, now that it's in the United States, we're going to, we're going to do the same thing here. So, uh, you know, Captain Stricker working with Carrie Haig, um, working with our, um, uh, the superintendents out on the golf course, Chris Zugel, Jeff Wilson, um, you know, there's a team that we said on, you know, this particular hole, let's, let's widen the fairway over here a little bit. Let's, you know, shift that over there a little bit. Um, but like I said, nothing too major. He really likes the way, um, it's set up. So there's just a, you know, a few minor tweaks here and there. Talking with Mike O'Reilly, Golf Operations Manager in Kohler. Of course, they're getting ready for the Ryder Cup in the late September at Whistling Straits. Now, when it was in 2016, when it was up in Minnesota, they, they kind of rerouted the course so they could have some of the holes featured. Do you think that's a possibility for Whistling Straits? I know I mean, everybody knows about the famous 18th finishing hole. 17 is a pretty cool par 3 out by Lake Michigan. Is there any chance of rerouting the course to have some of these closing holes featured and making sure that they're going to factor into some of these matches? No, I don't think so. You know, we'll, we'll play from, from number one on. Um, you know, there's some statistics out there, and I, I don't want to misquote them, but, you know, a majority of the matches will get to those 16, 17 um, holes. Uh, so, you know, hopefully we get, you know, some well, for Team USA, we want the matches closed out a little bit early, but, um, you know, those matches on average, we'll get to those later holes and, you know, we'll get some of those iconic holes in. Mike, just to, to favor Team USA a little bit, you think they're going to stretch it out to like 8,000 yards? You got Dustin, you got Bryson. <laughs> I think we're going to, we're going to, Tee him off about a hundred yards behind the tee box in the rough is what uh, what Stricker wants to do. No, um, 
Yeah, I mean, the golf course can play long, as, as you guys know. You've been up here and, and, and seen it. Um, so we'll see what, what Captain Stricker decides to do, and it may change from day to day depending upon you know, how the matches are going and um, you know wind direction on any particular day. And I think that's a great thing about the straights course is you know there's several tee boxes on every hole um, and, you know, the ability to, to move, you know, tee boxes and the greens are very big and pin locations can be moved around in a, you know, you know, there's a lot of flexibility in the golf course. So, you know, like I said, it may change from, from day to day based upon how things are going. Mike, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. Um, enjoy the PGA Championship this weekend, and we are all looking forward, I'm sure you are as well, to the Ryder Cup finally coming to Whistling Straits later this year. Yeah, very good, gentlemen. It's going to be an exciting year in the state, and you know we're looking forward to it. So thanks for having me today. Appreciate it, Mike. And I think the one thing I've learned from listening to you and your story of playing in two PGA Championships is to always have your clubs in your trunk. Because you never know when you're going to get that call. Make sure you have your golf shoes, too. Thanks. <laughs> That's important. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. All right, guys. Take care. Thank you. It's all about the drive. We'll continue to break down the PGA Championship at Kiwa Island, major number two of the year. Does it have an identity? 800-990-3776. Stephen and I will discuss that and hear from you next on the tee. Back to the course and on the tee with Gabe and Steven after this on 94.5 ESPN. some things up because we've got a special guest on the line another guest he's got some questions for us usually we talk to him on scalzo and brush but let's go ahead and open up a little bit of talk about fantasy golf who's in the red give me another ball take a drop roy roy just give me another ball who's in the green happy learned how to putt uh-oh. This is where we recap the weekend in fantasy golf and prepare you for the next tournament. Brought to you by New Male Medical Center. Guys struggling with low testosterone, ED, and weight loss have had success at New Male. You can too. Schedule your consultation at newmail.com and discover the new you. Championship this weekend. It's a big one. It's a major. One of the four of the season. So if you're in a fantasy pool you want to make sure you get your picks right because there's some big time money on the line and that's how a lot of these are determined is how much money the golfer you pick wins and ben brust steven sent us a list i have it in front of me he must be doing this all season long yeah i'm trying I don't know to digest just, like, it there's a lot going on in this list uh there's a lot of missed cuts on this list yeah, a lot of red um not great so ben brust wants some advice we each have picked a winner this year i picked rory a couple of weeks ago, you picked Jordan Spieth the week before the Masters. Both correct on those. I think we've been doing all right. So Ben Brust is looking for a little advice. So how is this, um, Ben, how does your uh, league work? Do you, do you only get to pick the same golfer once and then you're done picking him? That is correct. So you can only use the, the golfer once. And, and I'm very disappointed in myself because last year, I, I won a good chunk of money because I picked the winner and then second place three weekends in a row in the same format of only picking the, uh, you know, the golfer once. 
and you get two golfers for the big events and this being you know the the, the pga term big event i i need help like i'm i'm willing to concede that it was luck last year and they need the experts in gabe Neitzel and stephen watson well, it looks like last week you followed my call with uh, Will Zalatoris, so sorry to let you down on that missed cut. <laughs> no, we're just in sync like that, Stephen. You and I, just we have that connection. I, I did not know you liked Will as much as I did last week, so um, you don't have to take blame for that one. I appreciate it. That's nice of you. I've had a pretty good record so far this season. That was, that was my first missed cut of the season. So how about but this? Just take... I still want to okay. keep one pick for myself. Um... So if you guys could team up and come together and give me one, we'll give this a test run. And if this test drive goes well, I'll come back and we'll keep purchasing from you. So I've got I've got three guys that I've been trying to narrow down in terms of my own pick and my own Gruber Law Office's one call that's all pick that we make during this segment. Um, now again, it's 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 tough when it's the major season outside of Augusta, right? Because it's the last time they played at Kiwa Island was 2012. You know, there's not a ton of you know carryover from nine years ago when they were there. But you know, just kind of the way the golf course is set up, like given the golfers you haven't used, I love JT. I love JT this week. I think the way that Kiwa is setting up, it's the longest course in major championship history. Passing Aaron Hills in 2017. It's going to be 7,800 yards. Potentially 25 mile an hour wins. I think this is a course that is going to favor big hitters. I like JT a lot. Um, I like him in most events. Um, Coming off of players. I mean, he's played okay since players. But he's always a guy that's going to contend every single week. Um, I I really think that this is setting up to be a big name weekend. I, I don't think we're going to have a no-namer that's going to come out and win at Kiowa. I, I think there's just too many good storylines, too many guys that are chasing something big. You've got Jordan Spieth, who's chasing a career Grand Slam. You have Rory McIlroy, who's looking to win his first major since 2014. He won the last time that there was a major championship at Kiowa. That was a 2012. He won by eight strokes at Kiowa. And then you've got Bryson DeChambeau, who is just a spectacle every single week, and a guy who is trying to kind of prove that he can play in big tournaments since he won at that U.S. Open. He's missed some cuts in some of the big events lately. So I, I think there's too many storylines for these big guys. I, I think a big name is going to win it. All those guys I mentioned is not my call, Ben Brust. Not my one call, that's all. But I, I think you can't go wrong going with a JT, a Spieth, or a Rory this weekend. JT, Spieth, or Rory. I love Justin Thomas. He's probably like my favorite golfer to watch just with his swing. It's so consistent. So smooth. So I, I love GT, um, but I feel like I left a lot of big names out there. Even though I've, I've struggled early, there's still like room with the amount of good golfers that I have left on that list. Is that fair to say that I can make a comeback here? Yeah, I, I think mean, so. You got a lot of missed cuts. You're going to have to have a similar run to what you did last year, Benny. You're going to have to win one and have like three runner-ups all in a row um, in order to pull this off. All right, so is team on the tee going with Justin Thomas for me? I like that for you. Yeah. Given given what you have, I like Justin Thomas for you. Just for our listeners, he, he has already picked Colin Morikawa, Hideki Matsuyama, Bryson, Xander Shoffley, Webb Simpson, Dustin Johnson, and John Rahm. So I like JT. Yeah, I'm really sad because I, I kind of like DJ just with the length. Um, yeah. As you talk about the long course, but I already used him. 
So I'm going to trust you guys. I love you guys. And thank you for the pick. Hey, anytime, Benny. We're here for you. We can't wait to see how it turns out for you next week. Me too. Thank you, guys. So I'm with you, Stephen. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I think that a long player, like a long hitter, has to win this week. And the way that when you look at what the PGA has done, I mean, there have been some big names that have been just on top of these leaderboards. You think you think back to when it was still in the fall and, and Brooks Kepka won in 2018 with Tiger Woods hot on his heels before Tiger went on to, to win the Masters. I mean, last year, Colin Morikawa, maybe not the biggest name at the time, but I mean, he... he if you follow the game, you knew he was a young superstar just waiting to emerge who really separated himself from a huge pack that was a really entertaining tournament to watch at Harding Park a year ago. But I think this is John Rahm's time. Like, I, I would have I would have loved to pick John Rahm for Benny there, but he already picked John Rahm a couple of weeks ago, and, and Rahm finished in T5 there. Like, John Rahm is just too good to me to not even have a major. I mean, you look around golf right now, Stephen, and it's hard to believe that JT only has one, that DJ only has two, getting just his second with the Masters in late 2020, and that John Rahm doesn't have any. I mean, these are three of the top five players in the world. And there's just not a ton of majors to split between them, which, again, goes to show you how hard this can be to go out and win one of these, even though you get four opportunities every year. And you look at the history of the PGA Championship winners. You had Morikawa. Brooks Kepka won back-to-back in 18 and 19. 17 was Justin Thomas, his one win. Jimmy Walker in 2016. Jason Day won at Whistling Straits. Rory McIlroy you know, won two of the three you know, in, in 2012 and 14, I mean, big name guys have won this tournament. And I am I have a very similar thinking to you, Gabe, in my one call, that's all selection. I also think it is going to be a first time winner, but I it is a big name. And I'm going to go with Xander Shoffley to Ooh. win the PGA Championship this weekend at Kiowa. He has finished inside the top 20 in 10 of his 14 majors. Think about that. When you, he is yeah. so due to win one of the four majors. He has six top fives. He had the T3 finish at the Masters, where the Masters was pretty much in his hands, and he kind of just melted away. We talked about his meltdown on 16. He really kind of just handed it to Hideki. But I think Xander is just so uber-talented and he's been so close for so long. I think he's going to finally overcome his demons. I think he's going to win at Kiowa this weekend. It's a shame that there isn't... And again, we've, we've had this discussion how there's only one Tiger, right? Like, he's the only one that's been able to do what he's done in golf. I wish there was somebody like Tiger right now, or if Tiger was healthy and the car accident never happened, just because the eyeballs that would be driven to the game right now that maybe aren't there... There are so many damn good players right now, Steven. Like, if you start doing the exercise of, oh, how many majors you think Xander Shoffley is going to win? How many majors you think Jordan's? Because Jordan Spieth is still incredibly young. And JT and Rory and DJ. Like, how many majors are these guys going to win? And you're probably going, yeah, four or five for some of these guys. And there's just no chance. There's not enough majors to go around. There is so much talent in the top of this game right now in golf. It's unbelievable. But I think the thing that makes this year unique to having these new rising stars is that it is a Ryder Cup year. 
And there's a personal connection for all of us here in Wisconsin to root for guys that maybe you haven't in the past because you have an opportunity now to see them with your own eyes come September. So a guy like Xander Shoffley, who hasn't been a sexy name, he really like dedicated golfers are excited to watch him play because he's just so rock solid. He's in contention. He's a very nice guy. You know, he, he loses with grace. We saw that at Augusta, right? He seems to say all the right things. And you have a Colin Morikawa. And you have guys that are kind of right on the edge in addition to your Jordan Spieth, your Justin Thomas, your Dustin Johnson. I mean, there are so many good Americans playing right now in the game that I think I agree with you that it's hard to not look at everything in a Tiger lens. Like, I just I yeah. just don't think that we'll ever see that again. And we have to just get over that. We just have to find a way to just embrace the overall quality of the number of players that are so good in the game right now. And for us in Wisconsin to be able to see them in a couple of months before our eyes with Steve Stricker as the captain. By the way, Stricker is playing this weekend in Kiowa, another reason that it could be a fun weekend. Man, I'm just jacked up about this weekend. I think it's going to be a really, really fun tournament and a a, a good kind of preview of what might, like how these guys are going to play at Kiowa is going to be very similar to the conditions you might see at Whistling Straits. What's amazing? What something with Tiger as well that I think he's kind of ruined us a little bit. Kind of like the Patriots in the NFL or Tom Brady in the NFL, where they've just literally ruined the curve. Like with Tom Brady, it has seven Super Bowls. It's just outrageous. But that's what Tiger makes them Woods, them, right? Like well, exactly. Tiger Woods winning fifteen majors and collecting all those. Like the fact that Brooks Kepka has four. Like if he finishes career, that's still an unbelievable career. Phil Mickelson has five. You know, it's really hard to win these things, even though Tiger just racked him up like it was no big deal. Like, getting to double-digit majors, getting to that 3-4 spot, it's really hard to do. And Spieth won four really quickly, and Brooks Koepka won four in a ridiculously Tiger-like span. And that, yes. like, our, our brains went to that, right? And that's, that's mm-hmm. natural. It's just like LeBron is going to always be compared to MJ, but he'll never be MJ because he never won like MJ did. And... It's okay for them to have their own brands. It's okay. 100%. 100%. I think you just embrace the overall quality. There will never be another Tiger, and that's okay. But, man, we've got so many good, talented golfers in the United States. And, gosh, they better win in September. I'm going to be really. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm taking John Robin as my one call. That's all pick this week. Xander Shoffley, the pick of Stephen Watson. What is the identity of the PGA Championship? 800-990-3776. That's our ESPN Milwaukee talk and text line. We want to hear from you. What do you think the identity of the PGA Championship is? We discuss with on, excuse me, with It's All About the Drive coming up next on the tee. Back to the course and on the tee with Gabe and Steven after this on 94.5 ESPN. You're listening to On the Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. What's the identity of the PGA? I can't figure it out. I'm not quite sure what the PGA is. When I watch the Masters, I know their brand. They, I mean, the Masters brand is one of the strongest out there. But the U.S. Open, they sell the, the, the T-shirts and the hoodies, and you can get them, get, get them now if you go to the U.S. Open. Toughest test in golf. That you know that some, you know, it's going to be around even par, more than likely, for a U.S. Open champ. 
the British Open, because it's the only major that's overseas, it has its identity with true link style golf in the different courses and, and the birthplace of golf in St. Andrews where it's going to be back again next uh, next year. Like all the, the other three majors, Stephen, they have an identity, and I can clearly state it, and I can see it. The PGA, especially to me, since it's gone from August now to May, like I... I'm not sure what they want to be. I'm not sure what the PGA is in terms of a brand, in terms of an identity. What is it? 800-990-3776. Well, we heard from Michael Riley, who helped put together a couple of these PGA championships at Whistling Straits. And, you know, it's something that a lot of PGA pros take pride in. It's their championship, right? I, I think that their identity is kind of the the people's major, right? It, it's It's... There's a certain number of slots that are going to be for PGA pro or you know professionals at local yeah. clubs that have an opportunity to qualify for an event that they wouldn't normally get to qualify for the Masters or the U.S. Open. I mean that that's certainly what they hang their hat on. As far as overall, yeah, the Club Pro Championship was a couple of weeks ago down in Florida, and I mean there was heartbreaking. There's uh, Mick Smith, who's a, a Wisconsin guy, just barely missed out. He's qualified before as a, as a Club Pro guy from the Milwaukee area. Mick Smith, um, yeah. So I mean that's that's a fun event, and that's certainly something that's a part of it. But is that enough an identity? Do, do people care about that part? I think your casual golfer doesn't really care. Um, I. I it's hard because I think that the the courses that they've gone to are some of the best courses in the country. Like, there are no slouches. I would put a lot of them up there with your U.S. Open as far as toughness. I mean, you've got your Beth Page Black was, you know, 2019 where Kepka won. Quill Hollow in 2017 where JT won his first major. Obviously, you have Valhalla in Louisville. That's where Rory won in 2014. Kiowa in 2012. I mean, Hazeltine in, in 2009. These are courses that have hosted Ryder Cups. It's not like it's a slouch of a major championship, but it does kind of feel like you're ugly stepsister a little bit, right? Yeah, it, it, uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. I think you're right in the, that they're trying to be like the everyman major because yeah. you can do the shorts and the practice round if you saw any of the guys or any of the pictures that were out on tour. They've got the shorts. Uh, I think it's Tuesday or Wednesday. They have they pick one of the holes and they have the long drive competition, which Bubba Watson like famously didn't participate in back in 2015 at Whistling Straits for God knows what reason. Like, dude, you're going to hit driver on this hole. Nope, I'm not participating on a principle. Sure, cool guy. Um and now this year you can re- use range finders. So, like, those three things, long drive competition, shorts in the practice rounds, now you can use range finders. It seems like they're trying to appeal to the everyman, but I don't think the range finders are going to really me- do anything or mean anything this weekend. I actually am kind of fascinated to see how many of, like, your big-name pros are, are going to just, like, not listen to their caddy and, and just whip out the range finder. <laughs> like, are they going to be judged by... Like nah, I'm, I'm good. Let me, let me just go right to the T. Because I think it's it's such a it's such a science, and it, it's what makes really good caddies really good is the their caddy... ability to tell their player to hit to spots and give them exact distances and take in wind direction and slope and you know all of that into consideration. I mean, if you've ever watched a caddy for a professional golfer, it's actually fascinating. And I just remember being at a lot of the practice rounds at Aaron Hills or Whistling, the amount of time that these caddies spend out on the course oh, yeah. walking every inch of that golf course to make sure they are fully prepared. 
I, I can't see many guys whipping out the rangefinder this weekend, right? Yeah, I, I just so Bones, Jim McKay, one of the more famous caddies out there, works for NBC now. He's actually going to be caddying. He's caddying for Max Homa this weekend. Like I can't imagine Max going. Hey, now, Bones, I'm just going to, you know, grab my rangefinder and zoom this one in myself. Like, Bones is going to be so damn prepared. Like, by the time he has the rangefinder just, like, out of its package, he's going to tell you what the carry is to that bunker on the right. He's going to tell you how much to the front edge. He's going to tell you if you hit over, this is what it is. And a prepared caddy is going to have all that information like that for you. So I just, I, I don't understand like maybe, maybe, what the rangefinders range range are, are just for those PGA professionals that qualify at the end and they just have their buddy caddying for them. And they say, <laughs> no, you're good. I'm going to take you along for the ride. Come enjoy me. You know, just, just carry my bag. We'll have some fun. I'll use my rangefinder. And we're just like the regular guys out on the course. Right? Yeah, so for anybody, yeah, for anybody that thinks that the rangefinder is going to help with pace of play, I really don't think. If anything, wouldn't it slow it down if you want to then use the rangefinder to double-check everything your caddy just told you? Like, this again, it's, there's redundancy because of the work that the caddies put in. It's not like the caddies just show up on Thursday and they're lugging a bag around. You're right. When I went down to Augusta and I had that Monday practice round tickets, like, the number of caddies I just saw out walking the course by themselves because, yeah, and they, then they've got the rangefinder with them. Okay, from this spot, this this is how far it is, and they're you know they they kind of use calculations off of that. But the rangefinder to me Thursday through Sunday at a professional golf tournament is pretty irrelevant. I don't think it's going to speed up and really maybe, do anything. Maybe it will speed up the practice rounds because then the caddies can be like, "No, nah, I don't need to walk this out. I'll just stand here and point right to the pin, and that tells me that I'm 136 yards away." But no, I, I just I just don't see guys using rangefinders, and I think that's part of the art of of these caddies is just watching them be set themselves apart from other caddies. So have we decided, have we come to a decision on what the PGA is? Like, yeah, I liked I, it, I, I think, when I think it was your, Majors... I, I think it's your You know, Majors' golfer. last hope or Majors' last chance or whatever in August. Now I feel like it just has a really big opportunity to get lost in the shuffle even more than it already was. It's already the fourth Major. It's the fourth out of four. And I don't know what they can do to even bring themselves back up to a level playing field with all the other majors. It's your feel-good family man, local pro major, right? It's just like the positive story major. Man, I, that's that doesn't that doesn't do it for me, man. Rank, I didn't okay, tell you tell there. Me this. One through four. One through four. Rank rank the majors for me. Oh, well, this is easy. Masters, U.S. Open, the Open, PGA. See, I go the Open, too. I like the British Open more than the U.S. Open. And then I put, like, then then there's a gap before you get to the PGA. I, I can't disagree with you. (laughs) <laughs> it just and U.S. But Open, think, Open to me is moving, personal preference. I do think moving it to May is actually going to benefit this championship when it's all said and done. It's not great for us here bitter? in Wisconsin because yes, you know, trying to host again at Whistling have Straits, a PGA. Yes. as you know, like we do not have many golf seasons that start in early April where the grass is looking as great as it is right now in the state of Wisconsin. So yes. it pretty much eliminates the opportunity for Wisconsin to host. Another PGA Championship, unless, yeah, unless it's pushed back a week or two. But I do yeah. like a major championship being in May. Then it just kind of feels like there's one every single month. There's good flow, builds you up to the FedEx 
you know, cup, which they're really trying to make bigger and bigger every single year. And then, of course, we're spoiled this year having the Ryder Cup as well. I mean, I feel like we have something big to look forward to every single month right now. Yeah, and we do. And, and to be fair, you know, this is only the, you know, back in 2019, that was the first time it was in May when they had it at Beth Page Black. You know, so we've only had one real season when it's been flowing like this because of all the interruptions because of COVID-19 last year. So maybe I just need to give it a m- more of a chance and see how it feels this year in May versus because last year gets thrown out the window. Like it just it's, it didn't have the regular flow. Yeah, nothing had regular flow last year. It's going right, so to be just got to give it more see of a some chance. fans at the Ocean Course in Kiowa. It's such a beautiful place. It's going to look so good on TV. I know I keep drawing comparisons to whistling, but just the way that the it's a links type course, a lot of sand, kind of a lot of fake bunkers that are going to have potentially DJ moments. I, I think that it's just going to be a really fun weekend. I haven't looked forward to a PGA Championship quite like this since 2015. Well, Stephen, you also have a story from this past weekend. Buddy Years, who struggled a little bit, putting the ball on the greens. He had an excuse ready, and we're going to discuss coming up next. But first, it's time for this week's Cart Girl Moment of the Week, brought to you by Fairways of Woodside. And now, it's time for another Cart Girl Moment, presented by Fairways of Woodside. It's my job to drive around the golf course and offer you something to drink or eat. To drink or eat. Maybe wish you well on the rest of your round. Nothing more. Seriously, nothing more. This has been another Cart Girl Moment, presented by Fairways of Woodside, home of the premium golf experience. Premium golf, service, and of course, the best golf carts with GPS and Bluetooth speakers. Fairways of Woodside. No ifs, ands, or putts. There's more On the Tee with Gabe and Steven coming up on 94.5 ESPN. This is On the Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Steven Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Well, you drive for show, you putt for dough, so sometimes it's not necessarily all about the drive. So on today's version of All About the Drive, brought to us by our friends at Ewald Automotive, we're going to talk putting right now. Sometimes it's all about the drive. But off the tee, it's all about the drive. The best and biggest shots of the weekend. That house is like 400 yards away. Is that good? That's unbelievable. It's all about the drive. On On the Tee is brought to you by Ewald Automotive. Shop the Ewald Automotive Group, home of the 20-year, 200,000-mile limited warranty on all new vehicles. Visit any of their eight locations today, in-store or online at ewaldautomotive.com. Ewald Automotive, we make it easy. Okay, so yeah, it is sometimes all about the drive, and the drive for me in my 2020 Ewald Jeep Compass was great up here to Trapper's Turn this weekend, playing some golf up here at Trapper's Turn, WPGA Pro-Am with our friends at X-Golf. But as I said, you drive your show, putt for dough, and your buddy this weekend, Stephen, he was struggling on the greens. So I played with Buddy uh, on Sunday, and he was fresh off a two-and-a-half-hour putting lesson. First of all, I didn't know those existed. But second of all, that sounds like a nightmare. 
Can you imagine sitting on a putting two and a half hours? Two and a half hours. Like, here's here's how I view lessons. It is just another thing that's just going to be in your head to ruin your game, right? Like, my buddy goes out on the first green, and he has like a five footer. You know, we're playing a casual game. Sometimes I yeah. give him that putt, but I'm like, hey, bud, show me what you learned. <laughs> he stands over the ball, and he's like touching both of his shoulders, knocking them back, like going through clearly this routine that he went through sure. with his with his pro. You think he made it, Gabe? I'm going to go with no. He sure didn't. <laughs> and he happened to miss a lot like it the rest of the round. This is one of my good buddies, so I, I can give him a little grief on the radio. And uh, it just made me think, like, every lesson that I've gotten has made me worse. And I... I no, so, okay, like, so I, I just I've feel got like, something about this. I've got to stand up for all those PGA pros you were just trying to stand up for when we were trying to define what the PGA Championship is all about. I'm not blaming like, them. If, this, could, this could be 100% in my own head. Well, that's the thing. I think that if you are actually committed to change it, like, if you take a lesson... You have made the admission that you want to get better. But sometimes in order to get better, you got to take a little step backwards because you have to fundamentally change something and it feels weird and it feels wrong and it feels different, but that's good. You have to embrace that. That's going to be a part of the new process in terms of trying to get better. And if you want to, then you have to commit yourself to that process. It's tough. It's a really hard thing to do. And it's really easy just to fall back into old routines. But I think that your friend is going to be, if he sticks with it, he's going to be better despite the embarrassment suffered at your hands on Sunday. And in the short term, I'm going to be richer. So everybody wins, right? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, well, I mean, you win in this, um, you know, certain certain scenario with, with all the money that you won. But I think, and look, I, I made some changes to my backswing and this winter, like I grinded over it and there are times where it still feels a little funky, but I have posted some really good scores because of the way like I'm not, first of all, I like to think I grind over my golf game a little bit. Two and a half hours on a putting green seems extreme. All right. Like that is a long ass lesson that you are just not going to be able to absorb everything just taught to you. Well, I, in that I don't two know if the lesson hours. itself was two and a half hours, but he was grinding for two and a half hours. And like that is that's a lot of putting. That is a lot of time standing over a golf ball and thinking some things in your head. Well, and putting to me, putting more than anything else is mental. Like you find, to me, putting is putting? is a feel thing. Yeah, more more than anything this else. Crazy putting game is just a we feel play. Thing. Everything is mental. Yeah, but I think putting more than anything else because it seems like it should be so easy. Hundred percent. Like you get over a five footer, you're like, oh, I should make this. When in reality, you know, five to eight feet. Not every pro makes all of those. You know, not the guys on the PGA Tour. From eight feet, PGA Tour average is right around fifty percent. From eight feet. Yeah, they're playing a little slicker greens than uh, what we're playing. But still, every week. like, we're, but yeah, but we're also not as good of putters as them. So I'm just saying, like, most of your guys aren't going to be making eight footers all the time. And yet, when we go out and play, we're expecting to make that eight footer to save our par every time. Yeah, not not I. <laughs> I yeah, it's just an automatic two putt for yours truly. I just accepted it at this point. Every once in a while, I'll drain a long one, and then I feel like I make up for the three putt on the hole before. Sure. Yeah, you know, water always finds its level. <laughs> so you are you so are you anti lesson? Like now that the golf no, season has started, would no. you take a lesson? Um, yeah, but I would also have to fully commit to like a season long swing change, and I just don't feel like I'm there. Like 
I See, only that's have what the winter's like, for. I only have like four or five months to like really enjoy myself, and I don't want to be so deep in my own head in like the middle of August because I still haven't fully figured it out. I need to move to Florida and just like spend a couple of months. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll introduce you to some of the guys over at X Golf okay. this winter. If you really want to, if you want to overhaul it a little bit, you know, I think just I make need some tweaks. The winter, the winter's the time to do it. And there's great places like X Golf Brookfield, X Golf Mequon. Check them out, xgolfbrookfield.com, xgolfmequon.com, that you can go to in the winter months and commit yourself to those changes. Again, your pick, Stephen, for this weekend, PGA Championship. I love Xander Shoffley for my group of offices. One call, that's all, this weekend. I, he is finally due. He is going to get it done. And if not, I'm going to pick him in every single major until he gets it done. I thought about doing that with Jordan Spieth just this year. Because, like, come on, he's got to win a major. Like, for, for the entire story to be fun and come back, he can complete the career Grand Slam with a win in the PGA this week. And I think he's going to be a contender. But ultimately, I think this is John Rahm's time. I am also picking a first-time winner. John Rahm is going to win the PGA. We'll see who was right. We'll see who was wrong. Next week, this has been with Stephen Watson. I'm Gabe Neitzel on the team.